0: This and the Breakaway is brought to you by staying at home. Stay at home. That's right. You heard me. It's brought to you by you staying at home. Practice your social distancing. Get some time with your loved ones at home. Watch some Netflix. Watch reruns of Ranger games. Listen to this podcast. Stay at home. If you're wondering why I sound like absolute crap on today's podcast, it's because I called in from a guy's weekend as I was not practicing social distancing. We did not leave the house, though, um, the entire weekend. And uh, I... Greg got his schedule changed where he's working 3 to midnight now, so we can't record Monday nights like we usually do. So I called in, uh, we talked a lot of different topics this week, and I hope you guys are buckled in for the long haul, because we are too. A lot of interesting content coming to you over the next couple weeks, but here we go for this week's episode. Here's Mark Messier.
2: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast.
0: Hey, fans. Welcome to the week of the Bushwick. Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of The Athletic, and I am here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan, also of The Athletic. Greg, say hello.
2: So, yes. self-quarantining, social distancing, all this fun stuff the last two days. Ryan, I don't know if you noticed, there really aren't any sports going on right now. But one Yeah, sport, not a
0: lot of sports happening.
2: One sport's still going on, horse racing. And you mm-hmm. know that I fancy myself someone who likes the ponies it's very dangerous that the last two days i've won money and i'm getting nervous that i'm gonna think this is a thing now
0: Uh, well i have bad news for you as your doctor your friend and your uh, semi-lawyer at some point in time i do believe you're heading down a dark slippery slope um i guess we should also uh, let everyone know well, let's talk about ponies a little more. What else the fuck are we going to talk about, Greg? We got, we're going to have um, – usually we're used to talking you no know, rangers for, you know, five months of the year. We do the show every single Tuesday uh, no matter what. And in the off season, that doesn't matter. I don't – usually there's events happening. Um, obviously, if you're listening to this, you, you already know what's going on. Like, this is not a surprise to anybody. Uh, MSG was, was going to be said to be closed multiple months or rather months, a couple of months. So we're not going to have hockey that's just that's just what it is. I don't know if there's going to be any like ranger happenings at all. I'm not sure how the draft is going to happen. Uh I think we're all sort of in the uh the great unknown. And our job uh here will be to keep producing this show every single week and try and figure out well what's next for the rangers? What uh what's next for our podcast and uh and go from there and you know obviously uh try and stay safe and social distance as we do it. Um so before we get to start explaining that Uh, Greg, your shift at work got moved. Congratulations. Oh,
2: yeah, no, real excited about it. Um, As many of you guys know, my 9 to 5, or it's actually 10 to 7 when I work my normal shift, is uh, working in news here in Albany, New York. And while some of you, a select few of you, may feel like the news media is just spewing fake news and we're overhyping all this shit, whatever you think we're doing, um, you need to understand that we still have to do it. It's 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 one of the few areas of society that can is part of that critical workforce demographic. Uh, but you know, props props to Spectrum. They're they're doing the smart thing. They've basically separated us. Your normal working capacity at the news station on any given shift mm-hmm. is around a hundred people. And uh, we've been broken up into six teams of twenty five. It's basically your bare minimum skeleton crew to try and put the news on. So there's a morning team and there's a night team. And we're going to be basically three days on, two days off until Super fun. this stops. So I'm on the night team, which is why we're recording on a Sunday this week, uh, which is why you're calling in because you had pre-established plans. But when life gives you lemons, we somehow do a podcast. That's, uh, we got to do it. Yeah, yeah so it's going to be. I usually carry my mic with me but I don't have it unfortunately. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be a weird time. Um, I guess before we start looking forward to the weird time, we, we should talk about the two things, the three things that happened in Ranger land before and well one during the shutdown because the Rangers did play two games since we last talked.
0: That's true. Um, and they were the last two games. I think we'll see for quite a while. Um, we'll get to let, – let's get to actually doing some theorizing after we we recover these games real quick. Got to play the Dallas Stars, um, a game that is pretty not rememberable at this point because of, of ev- everything that's happened. Obviously, the game, um, which was versus – oh, my God. I I feel like the Avalanche, right, where we went to OT and then lost in, like, a heartbreak was just perfect, like, Rangers season caps- capsulation. I know the Avalanche were sort of a team that – has been beat up, have been uh, – had obviously Nathan McKinnon was out, and that's a big uh, a big blow for them. But to watch the Rangers squad, like, fight back, um, bring it to overtime, and then uh, lose to what is probably the better team, I think is uh, a really good encapsulation of what exactly happened this season. The Rangers took, like, such a big step throughout the entire season. You watched a lot of development happen. You watched a lot of not development happen. I mean, even though Kaka was getting better towards the end of the season, I think we all expected him to be much more than what he was. Adam Fox became just an absolute stud, a stellar player, and someone that you're looking forward to watching for the next 12 years. Uh, all, a lot of people took a step forward, including Mika Zabinajad, who, who became, um, uh, if the season ends today, I think he'll be third or fourth in goals in the whole league. So, uh, And uh, some of the stats he has have just been actually unbelievable. He's been, seriously, and I can't believe I can say this, one of the best players in the league this year and to say that about two players on the rangers um is something i don't think we could do we could do for a very long time to have two game breakers uh like that so we did take a really big step uh, step forward this year and uh to end it all on the avalanche loss in ot was uh, to me a per- perfect encapsulation
2: yeah i flying for the dallas stars games i missed the entire thing so i i missed the twitter meltdown over Kako scoring twice my boy adam Fox, you, it was great. my Chris. child Scoring one, but it's just—it's just so funny to think that the rain, the stars, and the avalanche games were back to back, literal hours, not even twenty-four of them separated puck drops, and it does not just, feel like that at all. Right, because the general mood surrounding the game were so just drastically different. Like the stars game, it, and it's not just because one the Rangers won and one the Rangers lost; it's because. Just the mindset about sports was so dramatically different in those 24 hours. When the Rangers were playing the Stars, I, don't, I think we were all trying to ponder whether games will go on without fans. I don't think anyone was truly, truly, truly thinking about sports being suspended. Um, and then about the 90 minutes leading up to puck drop in Colorado, it was more an inevitability than a theory. And it made, as someone who, I look, I I planned an entire vacation around the Ranger game in Colorado. My sister lives in Denver. I hadn't seen her and my brother in law since the wedding, which happened three years ago. So I was doing a bad thing of not being the best younger brother in the world, but life got busy for both of us. What can you do? Um, So I planned an entire trip around that game and seeing them and staying with them. And by the time I got there, late Tuesday night, by Wednesday at happy hour, everything that we thought was going to happen just changed entirely. I mean, I it ended up with uh, easily the weirdest in-person sporting event I've ever attended in my entire life. Uh, I, I ended up cutting the trip short because the way things were escalating, I didn't know if airports would even be open by the time my regularly scheduled flight would be flying out of Denver. Um, it was fucking weird. I don't know if there's any other way to really say it beyond that. Uh, it, it, being at the game against the Avalanche, it's just because literally walking into the stadium, the news came out that Rudy Gobert taste, tested positive. And then literally as we're getting through security, the update comes that the NBA has suspended the leak. So, you're physically – and we're talking like five to ten minutes before puck drop. Like the national anthem is going on. And it's just like uh, you actually start wondering if the Ranger game is actually, one, going to start and, or, two, going to finish. I honestly would not have been surprised if we got to the first period and someone made the announcement that it's just time to go. Um, Wouldn't have shocked me at all, Greg. I mean, they,
0: no. they called off the, the Oklahoma City game like just like an hour earlier in a very strange way.
2: Right, and um, I don't know. It, it was one of those things where, when things were physically happening in the game, it was easy to remember that you were watching a New York Rangers hockey game. Right, like in the moment, it my brother and our my brother-in-law was the first Ranger game he's ever been to. Uh, basically, got the entire Ryan Strome experience in about a ninety-minute oh stretch with how many times he could finish an empty net. Uh, it, it became a running joke for him and he got a lot of pleasure out of it. Um, Brendan Lemieux laid it. There's just a lot of Brendan Lemieux questions that get to be asked. Why is he, why dirty fucking hit? First of all, I don't care if you're a Ranger fan or not a Ranger fan. What Brendan Lemieux did in the final two and a half minutes of that game with the shoulder to the head is just, it's dirty and stupid because they're down a goal. You need to keep obviously men on the ice. You need to keep your team in a situation where they could possibly win the game. Uh, so, to put yourself in that situation where you're committing a stupid defensive zone penalty on an otherwise meaningless play, he's going to get suspended if the league ever stops being is. suspended. Yeah, we just don't know for how long he's suspended. Um, and then the play at the end of regulation, where basically Panarin shoots it off Buchnevich into the back of the net. Basically, all you need to know about Panarin this entire season, the fact that. He creates magic out of nothing. Uh, Mika Zabenjad put one off the post in overtime, which I thought was uh-huh. 100% going to go in. And then Frank Coos played like fucking prime Patrick Wah, which makes perfect sense if you're the New York Rangers. Um, how the game ended. When the game ended the way it did, of course, being an away fan in uh, someone else's building, it's always weird when a walk-off or... A, sh- a sudden death winner happens because everyone else around you is happy, but it was incredible how quickly everyone was like, sweet, we won. And then it was like, everyone in the building realized that the exact same time, like, Oh dope. That's the last hockey game. We're all going to see for a substantial period of time. So like there wasn't yeah. even enough time to me to, for me to be angry or disappointed that the New York Rangers lost because immediately I was like, well, that's the NHL. I guess we're done. That's it. <laughs>
0: that's how it was for me too because i was watching at home and i just the nba canceled i was like there's no way the nhl tries to keep this open they'll be flamed like they'll be if the nhl tried to play with like just no audience and every other sport canceled they would the, the amount of criticism they would take would be gigantic and they, they couldn't handle it they can't risk it it's not worth it to risk one of your players uh getting getting the the virus early i mean Likely, and again, I'm not a scientist. I think a lot of us are going to end up getting it, a large percent of Americans and Canadians. Um, But you just don't want to risk it to have the public health issue. And I'm not an expert in that. But to as you're watching the game, you know it's the end of the Ranger season. Like I guess we can get to a little theorizing now. Uh, the Rangers currently, uh, as I believe, and again, I'm I'm on a, a little bit of vacation myself too, so I don't have my normal resources in front of me, Um and recording from a, a mountain house upstate where my friends are currently downstairs playing playing beer pong as they record a podcast. That's dedication, Greggy. Point is, um, I think there's, we're not in the playoff spot currently. And let's say the, yeah. So let's say the the NHL decides to go straight to playoffs, which I think they will. This is all just a uh, theorizing section. That's it for the Rangers. Season's over. You've seen the last of Ranger hockey until, Probably next October. It could be later, by the way, depending on when the season ends up playing out for the finals. If the finals do play out, um, we're going to be in a really weird schedule. I think there's a chance, again, this is all theorizing, that the NHL doesn't start till like November, December next year, depending on what happens and possibly a shortened season. And there's going to be a lot of effects to that. And I guess this is something I want to jump out ahead of. Greg, there's a good chance the salary cap goes down a few million dollars um, and honestly that's not it's it's for a good reason um, no, because we're the, protecting public the, health. The league
2: the league won't lower the salary cap but the league won't raise it either I don't think you don't think the they'll player, lower it at all well no the players will never sign off on that there's a zero percent chance that you get the players to agree to a lower salary cap because it takes money out of their pockets I think I didn't I have, think if you're the NHL, misunderstanding how it works well the yeah, you'd, they'll not. They they will not lower the salary cap. I will promise you that they might not raise it. But they, I don't think the they have the mechanisms in place where they can lower it. Period.
1: Hmm.
2: I'm gonna do some research on this, but I I know that the
0: NHL needs the money more than any of the other sports leagues. It's not like you know the NBA and the and the NFL, which are just raking it in. Uh, this really affects their bottom line like by a lot they need that playoff revenue they need that
2: that tv revenue in this case and honestly i'm not smart enough to know how this works i'm just not
0: period i also think
2: you're being a little bit dramatic we're talking about a league that quote-unquote needs something this is a league that brought in four and a half five billion dollars last year that's with a b i don't i don't think any organization that one year ago brought in billions and already this year has pocketed a few billions already the the need is not as uh like, it's not a middle-class white person needing toilet paper in these times, God. these dark times. Like they, they, I just don't
0: get the toilet paper thing, Greg. It I makes have no, no idea. sense.
2: Dude, it makes no sense to me. How many shits do you think you're taking? What are you eating that you're taking you know, so many shits? Europeans don't even use toilet paper.
0: There's ways around this. Like, there's, you have options.
2: I, 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 I've, I also, I saw a picture today of some lady went to the grocery store and bought what looked like twelve gallons of milk. Like her entire shopping cart was milk. And someone was someone asked a logical question in my mind on Twitter, being like, that milk's gonna go bad before you can even drink it. And then someone in the comments was like, Oh, I know how privileged you are because you've never had to freeze milk before. Who is frozen milk? What are, what are we doing? Why are you buying milk Wait. to freeze? <laughs> That's not something any at any point in society have we ever done that.
0: Gregory, I got to be honest with you. I grew up um, pretty financially uh, unstable, I guess. My mother and I, we were not not really a middle-class family for a very, very long time. Took a lot of hard work from her and uh, somewhat me, I guess, at some point. But we've never frozen milk. And I, like, lived in a barn, man. Like, <laughs> we've never frozen milk, ever. That's ridiculous. It, uh, it
2: blows my mind. The amount of panic shopping going on right now. Like, I went to the grocery store yesterday because when I go on vacations – and we're, we're gonna we're gonna do our best to make this podcast not 100 percent about the coronavirus, but I don't know if you guys have noticed, it's the only thing going on in the world, so it's hard not to talk about it. Um, well, I, but have, I have a lot of ideas for what we will, we will be doing. Um, I mean, Mom, as the MomCast next couple is, weeks MomCast unfold. Is moved up. It, it's that we're not gonna wait until the summertime to do Momcast now.
0: No, no, we got Momcast coming. Uh, I have a couple of nonsense segment pods that I have been. I've been working on all year to, for the off season and we're going to have to bring a couple out. So I, I have a lot of content ideas. I'm not going to be asking you guys like, what should I do? Uh, Cause I think that's ridiculous. And I think uh, that's our job is to provide you with entertainment, not ask you what you want. So listen, every single week, we're going to come back with something new. We were doing it anyway. We just moved up a couple weeks. That's all.
2: So yeah, basically what I was saying is anytime I'm planning a vacation, I don't like leaving food in my house before I go on vacation. So I always come home to no food being in the covers, which is, you know, normally fine because I could just go grocery shopping the next day. It's the first time I've ever gone on vacation, came home to a pandemic. That's never happened before. So I was a little unprepared for that. But when I went to the grocery store, I was expecting it to be basically the Hunger Games. Um, I can happily report that it wasn't. It was just, I think people were getting more food than they normally get, myself included but it was as normal of a Saturday at Hannaford's as you could possibly run into. Strange.
0: I just, man, the whole thing has just been surreal. Like my my experience of uh, going for shopping, I guess is what kind of what we're doing. I went on Friday morning just to, you know, I wasn't prepping or anything, but I was like, you know, in case shit goes down, I should get some cans. You know, not like a crazy amount. I'm not going there buying out. 10 like uh, 10 gallons of water. I didn't buy any toilet paper. I just literally bought some canned beans, Spaghetti-O, and, like, like, Chef Boyardee. I was like, if I don't eat this in the next four years, like, what, I spent, like, $30. The lines were out the door. People going ham, like, totally crazy. Like, the world was ending. I was like, listen, this it's going to be bad. I There's no doubt it's going to be bad, but the food's going to be available to you. I don't understand why we're all freaking out. I mean, it, it's just... I, you have the right to freak out for the right reasons. But the food, it's not like the supply chain is at New York City's not getting quarantined next week. Uh, by the way, fast forward to New York City's quarantine next week.
2: I mean, they did they did literally just shut down the schools today. So we're not far right. away from that happening. Yeah. By, I mean, by the way, it probably it could should be. Cra- be. It could I mean, crazy. Yeah, it probably should be if we're being honest. Why are you going outside? There's like no reason to go out except to get food. That's it. I i have to yeah. come, I found myself old man. I'm not even old man yelling at clouds. I've lost respect for anyone who wants to go to a bar right now. I have no respect for you. I think you're fucking stupid if you do it.
0: I I tend to agree with you. Um, Listen, free country. I understand how that works, but this is not about you at this point. It's just not. This is it's it's, and we're not the people that need to be telling you this is serious. Everyone else on earth is telling you that, Um, and you got to stay home, watch Netflix, and figure it all out.
2: the president's not really telling you it's serious, if you were. But we're not we're not, here to get oh. we're not here to get political. Oh, Gregory, make it a political. It's not a big deal. Why don't we talk about the Keandre Miller signing? Because that also happened.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, we'll do that. So, Keandre Miller signed a three-year ELC. Um, he'll probably be playing in Hartford next year for the most part. He will be. Oh, and I do want to talk about Neil's Lunquist too, for a second after this. But uh, Miller got signed during, what was it, yesterday, two days ago? When we're recording this on a Sunday.
2: He and it um, looks like he'll he got, be playing in Hartford. He got signed while I was in the Chicago airport waiting on my flight to Albany. That was Friday night.
0: So we're going to be seeing him next year at this point.
2: Uh, I think that's very
0: obvious. He'll probably uh, make the uh, opening opening training camp and seeing know, him as in we'll be seeing him in Hartford, not oh, okay. actually sure. on the team. Sure. Maybe later in the year, we might get our first glimpse of Keandre Miller, but I think it's not until after the trade deadline at the earliest.
2: Right. Because uh, I don't even think, if all things are going to plan for the New York Rangers next year, they shouldn't have an opening on the left-hand side for Keandre Miller to fill unless there's an injury. Um, I've, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, and I know that we tend to repeat ourselves when we have a point that we like on this podcast. But look, sometimes you just have to stand your ground and say what you say what you believe is going to happen. I truly 110 percent believe that Keandre Miller is the future replacement for Mark Stahl. Uh, Very famously, Mark Stahl has one more year left on his contract. Very famously, the New York Rangers want to be a playoff team next year, which means if there's going to be development, it will be happening off. Well, significant first experience in North American professional hockey development, that shit will be happening off of Broadway. It will not be happening in the New York Rangers lineup. Um, To everyone who wants to use Capococco, and Adam Fox as examples of how the Rangers have let their kids basically develop on the main roster. I have three examples of Philip Hito getting demoted, which included this year after training camp. I have Ryan Lindgren himself getting demoted twice. We have Vitali Kraftsoff never getting promoted this season. We have Leas Anderson being demoted multiple times. We have Tony D'Angelo coming in and out of the lineup on a nightly basis and even his development was further down the line than Keandre Miller's will be. David Quinn has shown that he yes, he's not afraid to play the babies, but also he has proven that he needs the babies to earn it. And I don't see any way, especially if we're going to have a truncated training camp next year, which is 100% in the realm of possibility when you consider how late this season might end up going because of the shutdown. Um, the the odds are stacked against Keandre Miller one, breaking camp with the New York Rangers, or two, seeing any significant ice time with the New York Rangers next year. They do need a left-handed defenseman. They need someone that could desperately play in the top four on a consistent basis who will both outplay and be better than Ryan Lindgren and Mark Stahl. I don't think that person exists in the New York Rangers pipeline as of right now. I think it's going to be one of the key areas the New York Rangers need to address by trade this offseason. Um Miller is going to be good. I, I have all the confidence in the world that Keandre Miller is going to be good. Keandre Miller is also what, 19, 20 years old. He doesn't have to be he's good right now. now. Yeah. You don't, he doesn't have to be good right now. Let him develop, let him get a full year of Hartford under his belt. And let's revisit this at the start of the 2021 season when Mark Stahl's tenure as a New York Ranger has come and gone.
0: Yeah. He's 20 until uh, January next year. So we got the full year here. Um uh, country Miller will be good. I think, I think Mark Stahl will play the full year. I think, if Mark Stahl gets hurt later in the year or they start sitting him every, you know, he, he becomes a seventh offense and they decide they're in it. And they, and Keandre has come to Hartford and forced his way. Uh, uh, Igor Shosturkin. That's what happened to Igor. Igor or- went to the, went to Hartford. He became way too good at what he was doing and he forced his way onto the roster. If Miller can do that, then I have no problem calling Miller up, but I don't think he'll be up early in any other scenario.
2: Well, I th- I think you have to, an even more realistic bar for Keandre Miller to meet is just Ryan Lindgren. I don't think, I don't think the Rangers were looking at Ryan Lindgren as someone that was going to be living in their top four this season. I don't think they saw that happening for Ryan Lindgren, but Lindgren didn't make the team out of camp. He went down to Hartford. He played really well. And when he got called up by the New York Rangers, he impressed. Could Keandre Miller do that? Absolutely. But I, I just look at how long it took Ryan Lindgren to get back up or to come up this year. It was about a month. He wasn't really here until November, right. so I. It's just I. It's not a. It's not a knock on Keandre Miller to say he could use some time in Hartford. We have to be better about looking at Hartford as a developmental system for the New York Rangers. Uh, the coaching staff that's in place there is light years better than what we've been dealing with the last two years. John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, they've all made an emphasis of making Hartford not just a better team, but somewhere their young players could go develop and play meaningful minutes. And honestly, I'd much rather have 20-year-old Keandre Miller playing 20-plus minutes a night as a top-pairing defenseman in Hartford out of the gate than him coming in and out of a lineup that the New York Rangers truly believe will be playoff contenders next year. I think it's asking a lot for your one or two best prospects to be in the lineup on a nightly basis trying to help this team push for the playoffs. At least at the start. I don't
0: think it's unreasonable for the New York Rangers to think the team could be a playoff team. They were one of the better teams in the league in the second half of the season.
2: Well, I think, Um, I think think they expect to be a playoff team next year. I think that's the big difference. I think this year they were happy if they they weren't going to prevent this team from making the playoffs by selling off at the deadline. At the same time, you don't, again, I don't know how many times we have said this on the pod. You don't extend Chris Kreider for seven years without thinking that in year one of that extension, you can make the playoffs. That's exactly how I
0: feel. Um, but for everyone following away at home, if the season ended today, which uh, for the first time we can say it probably has ended, uh, I think that's fair to say, the Rangers have a 6.6% chance at a top three pick and a 2%, 2% chance at the number one overall. So there is a dream, Gregory, If we move up, But if we don't, um, I mean, it looks like already Carolina and Toronto are going to be in the playoffs if that's the case. Um so we will be having two picks in the top in the top thirty, which is fine, but there's a chance we can get in the top three. Even though it's a loaded draft, um obviously you'd like to get the top three pick. Don't count on it. Six point six percent chance is no, not nothing, but it's also um very unlikely it happens for us, as you guys know how math works. Um I did want to mention about Niels Lundqvist real quickly and give someone um some quick credit. I had uh, one of our followers, his name is Adam underscore cetera. Uh he followed us, and he taught he gave me a quick rundown of uh Niels Lundqvist and his game. Because last week on the podcast, Gregory, we spoke about how Niels, um it's an interesting scenario because there's not room for him, right? We talked about there's a possibility, and I know he's a top-flight prospect, but it wouldn't shock us, either of us, if he did get traded next year. So uh, Adam uh, had the pleasure of messaging me and letting me know that uh, he's played left-hand defenseman a lot of his career. And now I don't follow the prospects the way other people do, like Tobias or other people online on Twitter. Um and he explained to me how even though he is a right-handed shot, he's played left-handed defenseman most of his life. So there's a chance that maybe he becomes another one of the left-handed keys in the future. Again, I'm just taking Adam's word for it. I'll be doing more research as the time goes, but I think it would be interesting if we did have Keandre Miller and Niels Lundqvist two years from now playing on the left-hand side, considering we already have the, the, right-handed, the three right-handed defensemen, Tony, Truba and Adam, seemingly locked up for a very long time.
2: Yeah, I – That's all great and good. The larger point about trading Niels Lundqvist is if you're the New York Rangers and you need to address these holes on your roster and you don't have cap flexibility to address them as willy-nilly as you would like, I just think every Mm -hmm. fan base, the New York Ranger fan base, is not excluded and not particularly singled out in this respect. It's just we live in a world where people get too attached to their shiny new toys they've never played with. And I I get that envisioning a future where Miller and Lundqvist are both on the New York Rangers blue line might be great and good. But if, if Niels Lundqvist could become something else that immediately helps the New York Rangers in a time when their playoff window is open. And I'm not saying you're trading him for a 38 year old rental Joe Thornton, right? You're, no, it we're has talking, to be a real yeah, piece. Yeah. If yeah. the New York Rangers are making a move and it involves Niels Lundqvist, it's either they think the piece they're acquiring is the final piece they need in order to win the world, uh, the the Stanley cup, a la the Chicago Cubs trading, Gleber Torres for a role as Chapman um, or it's a piece that they feel they can build around for a very long time. Um,
0: so like, let me throw a name in you. So like Johnny hockey, possibly.
2: Possibly. Yeah. I, I something of that ilk. I, I think. Yeah. That's kind of what just, I feel. Look, ask any Yankee fan. Would they trade Gleber Torres for anything? Probably not. But ask any Cub fan. Would they do over that trade again? Fuck no. They want a World yep. Series. That's all they want. So like, it's it's <laughs> it's one of the it's. I just I, I understand, right? I mm-hmm. I really do. I of course would love to live in a world where every young player the New York Rangers draft pans out, becomes a star, and is someone I can watch grow on a nightly basis. It's just not how it's gonna work. I think it's unrealistic to expect the Rangers to keep every single piece that they've drafted over these last couple of years. They have a gluttony of young defensemen. And while Niels Lundqvist right now had a great season in Sweden, seems to be, if not the number one, the number two prospect in the New York Rangers cupboard right now. If he can be used to make this team better and it doesn't involve him putting on a Rangers jersey, I think we all just need to be comfortable living in that scenario. There are ways the New York Rangers can improve via trade that I I honestly think it's a much higher percentage they trade Lundqvist. One, again, he might have played a little left-handed defense uh, in Sweden. But the Rangers have proved it time and time again that they like their defensemen playing on their strong hands. Right? I know in Colorado, Ooh. I pointed out the Rangers played basically the final two periods. Definitely the final third period, but parts of the second period as well. With D'Angelo and Fox as a pairing, and it it it's a frustration of mine that it seems like David Quinn will understand that in the moment, if he needs to create offense, he can put Tony on his off hand. It, but he's proven time and time again that he doesn't want to do that. Just his ideal way a hockey game goes is Truba, Fox, and D'Angelo all playing on the right side, and if that's if him moving Tony is just an in case of an emergency or desperate need of trying to get more offense into the game move. If that's, if it's basically him acknowledging that my initial plan isn't going right. And instead of being stubborn about it, I'm going to do this thing that might hurt us at the end, but gives us at least the best opportunity to get back in this. But it's proven that Quinn doesn't want to do that on a nightly basis. He doesn't want his game to go in a way where he has to play defenseman on their offsides. So it's, sure, Niels Lundqvist has played on the left. It's, I think, I personally think it's ridiculous to expect the Rangers to anticipate him being able to do that in the NHL, given the upgrade in level of difficulty we're talking about here, right? He's not just going to come in and be the guy we've seen in Sweden. It's proven time and time again that there is a significant learning curve when you come to North America. So could it happen? Absolutely. But it's missing the point, right? The New York Rangers need to bring in a top, probably top six winger still, at least in my opinion, a center, not named Ryan Strom, and they need a top four left-handed defenseman. With as little money as the New York Rangers have to get all these things done, I think it's irresponsible to imagine a scenario where they can get someone with star power, someone that will help push this team over the edge without at least discussing Niels Lundqvist and trade. It's that simple. Yeah, I think they will discuss it. I have to think that it would be really hard
0: for them to trade him unless the package was significant. It's a can't say no situation. They probably value him again, just like a lot of New York Ranger fans value him uh, very high. He broke a lot of SHL records. Um, and that. Again, could be selling a high. Maybe, maybe he never lives up to that prospect type when he's in the NHL. His size is, you know, I, I've I've stood next to Neil Blank was very briefly, like I think like a very long time ago at this point. But, I, you know, I'm not a tall guy, and he's very much my size. So I don't know if his size translates. Again, this is terrible analysis. But uh, I will see if they end up at least shopping him. I do think we see him in New York Ranger uniform for a long time. But your, your logic does make sense where if they can get the final piece they need to go on the Stanley Cup run, I don't see why they wouldn't uh, at least consider that. Um, Gregory, why don't we take a break here, do some ads, and we'll come back and do some five-star questions and some other nonsense. Here we go. Transition you guys heard about the Black Tux? The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit, or a tuxedo for the big day. Did you know that Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could ever imagine? (gasps) The horror. It turns out they aren't alone with this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from their competitor, Tux Shops, that shall not be named. One Tux tux Shop said, Go elsewhere. This place is terrible. Unless you like dressing for your grandpa." as your grandpa for Halloween. We felt buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us through our wedding day, so we left. What I love about Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick the style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel uh, feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if you find your fit and plan plan your look, you can do that all from blacktux.com. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check out one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying an outfit or looking to rent, you won't find formal wear experience or designs like the one you find on a black tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered, for the right reasons, of course, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off code with the code RANGERS. That's blacktux.com, code RANGERS for 10% off your purchase. the black tux formal wear for the moment. Back to the show. Okay, we're back. If you want to leave a five-star question for us, that's very easy to do. You just go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and we'll be taking them all throughout the offseason. Maybe some weeks we'll have some. Maybe some weeks we won't. But if you want to leave some, feel free. Gregory, first question is from Martins Brodeur's a homewrecker. Martin Brodor, Martin that whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Bro's home homewrecker. Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time question asker. Who should take responsibility for the team's mental preparation before games? In the games against the Caps, you could see the teams didn't have the didn't have a quit. Besides giving up the goal as soon as the crowd as soon as they scored, you could tell they were in a fight the whole game. But against the Devils, a team we should have been able to beat, it was almost like they couldn't get out of their own way. It seems like they're playing hockey when they wanted to, and they just couldn't do that that day. So, who should be responsible for getting them in the mindset before the battle? The coaching staff or the players?
2: Uh, this is always a hard question because I feel like I always waffle between. Both sides I definitely flip flop on this one it, because on one hand, what's the one thing the coaching staff should be able to do it's to be able to lay out a game plan for your team to follow that in their mind puts them in the best situation to succeed at the same time even the best laid plans if if the team doesn't buy into it it's not going to make a difference um so it's it's tough it i don't i don't I don't know i I think it could be a letdown like the devil's game could be both on the players and the coaching staff where if the coaching staff is just saying, Hey, we're on a good run, keep doing what you're doing. Let's not make any changes from the last game in how we prepare. Yeah. That seems like a losing strategy from the coaching staff, given you can't always bank on Mika Zibanejad scoring five goals in one game to put you over the top. At the same time, you would hope the players once they, Quickly, you would hope they quickly realize things aren't going their way. That they personally would change things up themselves. Um, I don't know. I, I I think it's tough. I don't know if you can lay blame in one specific area. The Rangers came out flat against the Devils, and I think oh, it's disgusting. I think that's like a collective failure from every aspect. I, I I don't think the coaching staff did all they could have done. I don't think the players did all they could have done. But you look at a game like hell, the the Colorado game, they ran into a hot goalie. So it's it's like, I don't. When you come out and you're not scoring in that situation, it's it's like nobody's fault. I, what else could you have done? You can't ask Frank Coos to be worse in goal. Um, it's tough. I, I I don't know if there's. I think you have to take it game by game, and I think each game, you'll have a better idea where you can lay blame a little bit more easily. The Devils game, I, I, I think everyone and their mother just fucked that one up. I, I don't know how else you can look at it and say anything otherwise. I don't think you could blame the coaching staff 100%. I don't think you can blame the players 100%. Um, it, I think that is one example where it's just literally a collective failure.
0: It's It was seriously a trap game. I don't know how to say it. We've talked about the Devils game a little bit. It was just, like, the one game you had to show up on. It was the one game – a, a hot Devils team, by the way, who like, I didn't label as a contender at the time, but clearly wanted to kick your ass, and they, didn't, they showed up, and the Rangers just, like, tried to fight back and laid down. I mean, it's a game that we have sort of uh, behind the eyes right now. I mean, it is it – is, the season's over. <laughs> if they do win that game, they might make the playoffs, but that's what it is. Uh, and I don't know if the playoffs matter this year. We don't even know how they're going to work or if they'll happen. So let's let's see how that goes. But for me, I I do think it's a mix of uh, the veterans on the team and uh, and the coaches that are, are mit, meant you to get prepared. But your whole as an athlete, your whole thing is to be prepared whenever you're ready to play. It, I think in there is some 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 weird points to the mindsets when you're when you're getting ready for a game. You think you should win, and sometimes you underestimate your opponent even if you are prepared. And I think that's what happened with the Devils. All right, next question. Um, This is from Ears Always Open. Hey, guys, as a longtime Canadian New York Ranger fan, I can tell you the lack of coverage and news such as Gordon's contract extension is nothing new up here. The day after the Mika five-goal performance, Sportsnet did a two-hour Hockey Central show and didn't even mention until the second hour. Both TSN and Sportsnet cover the league as if only Canadian teams exist. Watch any beginning of a two-hour season preview, and you won't find any Rangers, really. But if Austin Matthews sneezes, they spend the entire intermission discussing the snot and his coursey for it. Rant over. I enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Mike in London, Ontario. Uh, um, here's,
2: here's, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Mike. Uh, the New York Rangers beat writers have also not talked about Jeff Gordon's extension. Like, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's talked or acknowledged that Jeff Gordon has signed an extension. The Rangers haven't sent out any release about it. We haven't gotten a Larry Brooks column. We haven't seen, hell, Vince, who tweets about everything. If a Ranger farted today, Vince has tweeted about it. I don't think Vince has talked about it very much at all. It's almost like everyone knows it happened, and we're like, that's cool. Moving on. It's fucking weird, and we talk about this all the time. With This shit only happens in hockey. We would know if an NBA general manager got extended. We would have known before the NBA general manager knew that he got extended. We would have known in MLB the day... Any deal got signed. We would have heard about it. We would have gotten think pieces about it. It would have been the back page on any New York tabloid that some New York general manager got extended. But for some reason, because it's the NHL, and because it's the league that covers itself completely differently than any other league, it gets mentioned as a throwaway comment by Elliot Friedman on Hockey Night in Canada. Rangers Twitter reacts to it, and then everyone else is like, eh. All right. Anyway, Pavel Buchnevich is benched or some shit like that. I don't know. It's just fucking weird.
0: It is weird, I, and I think the the hidden part about it is that Chris Jurig also got extended, and I feel like that's a big deal uh, in a certain way because just from what you and I, Greg know, is that he's a hot commodity. I mean, isn't he the coach of USA Youth Hockey at this point too? And no, he's, he's been he's general general manager for the national. League. Sorry, that's what I meant. Sorry, not youth hockey. My apologies. Um, the general manager, he's obviously in demand. I, we've heard only good things about Chris Drury. And all of a sudden he gets extended. He's not going to be leaving the New York Rangers organization. What does that say about Gorton in the long term, even though they also extended him? So maybe Chris Drury is, is the heir to the throne. Who knows? But I feel like there's a lot of those discussions that could happen, and we got none of them. We got nothing. We, if if an NBA GM gets extended, you literally can do – six days on it. Like, wow, what is his next move? Is he going to trade this one player? And the NBA, you have less moves. There's less transactions, just is. And yet we could do that for seven more days and create millions of gallons of drama from it. And with the Rangers, it's just like, yeah, Gordon's going to be around. We don't know how many years he got extended for. We don't know how many years Drury got extended for. We don't know what, we don't know anything. We know nothing. We just know he got extended and it was a throwaway comment. So it's nice to be in the dark as we always are.
2: Just weird. Uh, It doesn't make it. It doesn't
0: make any sense. Next question is from original MC1. Hey guys, it's Mike in New Haven again. I've heard Greg refer to Hank as the greatest Ranger ever. I have absolutely no problem with that. Many people, myself, agree with him. That said, I'm genuinely curious what you, what is your uh, what is your he's you're referring to you Gregory argument for Hank being the best Blue Shirt of all time over the legacy guys like Jobert, uh, Leach, and Messier.
2: I think it, I well, unlike. Uh... As good as Leach was, and I think you you can make an argument that Leach was one of the three best United States-born defensemen in the history of the NHL. I, I I think it's almost undeniable that Henrik Lundqvist is the greatest play, goalie of his generation. I think if you're building um, your perfect team from the years Hank was in the league, and if you said if you can get one prime player at every position to go – Let's use the space jam analogy, right? So, you need to take a player in his prime, uh, his abilities to make sure you can save the world, essentially. I don't, I, there isn't another goalie besides Henrik Lundquist you would want in net in that situation. It's the longevity, right? Hank did it with the Rangers and only the Rangers for a long, 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 decades long period of time. Um, I think, unlike. As, again, as great as Leach was, as great as Messier was, even as great as Gilbert was, for years at a time, the New York Rangers had Henrik Lundqvist, and that was the only reason the New York Rangers were good. They didn't have much offensively in front of them. Their defensive styles, not always the best, as we've seen in recent years. They always seemingly lacked that next-level player to help take them over the top. I If you take any of the forwards and defensemen the New York Rangers had on those Hank Golden Year teams, it's still a really good hockey team because of Hank. If you take Hank off those teams, you're not even making the Yikes. playoffs. Like it, You're probably in the lottery more times than not. It The New York Rangers were successful because of Henrik Lundqvist. And I don't think you can say that about any other player that's ever played with the New York Rangers. There were bad years when Brian Leach was here. It's part of the reason why the Rangers eventually traded him. There were bad, that Messier wasn't here that long. As crazy as it seems, I don't think Messier was here even nine years. And Rod Rod Gilbert, outside of knowing the Rangers were solid and good in the seventies, kind of forgettable teams. Like shit, man, I know more about the 69 and 73 Mets than I do any, well, I guess I'm a bad example of this, but that's
0: not a surprise.
2: No, but when, you, when you're good in New York, you get remembered, like everybody and their mother remembers the successful Knicks teams. We all remember them because yes, it's the only time the Knicks have been successful, but we still remember them. So it's, it's, I can
0: name every successful Knicks team and I don't follow the Knicks at all.
2: Right. So it's Hank was the reason the Rangers were good. And I think that puts you in another stratosphere that puts you on the pantheon, it makes you the all-time great. In order to be the greatest of all time, you have to be the greatest of all time. And for the New York Rangers, that's Henrik Lundqvist. I don't think it's. I don't think there's much of an argument you can make with the other players. I don't think so either, uh, especially with Mark Messier. Like I,
0: I know he's like the captain. He's the guy you think of, but I do think the longevity takes him out of the conversation. Despite him, he's definitely top five. He's probably number four, number three. You can make the case. I'm sure we'll do a all-time greatest Ranger. We have a lot to talk about, Gregory, so I, stay tuned yeah, for that.
2: I, I think off the top of my head, I would say he's no higher than three just because I don't think you could put him ahead of Hank or Leach. Um, I,
0: th- I, I think Leach is definitely number two. That's
2: where uh, I That's where I sit. It, it's fitting because that's his number.
0: Okay, very nice. Uh, last question, David Shanker. Hey, guys, was thinking about uh, some reasons why Jeff Gordon might not make deals with stupid GMs around the league it's possible that some of the stupid GMs undervalue some of Gordon's pieces. Especially when the Rangers are selling, they should settle for anything less. They shouldn't settle for anything less. Than, but when they were buying or making a hockey trade, I- i.e. Sabinajad or the Strom trade, he does make these moves with stupid GMs. Thanks, guys. Uh, another great listen from David. Uh, David, I think are you, I think what you're trying to say is, that he doesn't end up getting the uh, ultra value that he gets from the stupid GMs. I think that kind of makes the point though, right? Maybe I'm missing uh, David's question here.
2: I think part of David's point is when Gorton is trading a valuable asset, or at least what Gorton views as a valuable asset, the stupid GMs don't think it's valuable when the Rangers are selling. Right. So like that makes a lot more stupid, stupid GMs didn't want to give up first round draft picks for, Um, Ryan McDonough because they didn't see the value in Ryan McDonough because they're stupid, right? That's, that's what he's saying. And while that's true and that's forgivable, when you find yourself in a position where you're at least semi buying, or you're at least in a position where you want to make your NHL roster better immediately. Like I think the Rangers Again, the example I keep falling back to is basically the Vincent Trocheck trade with the Panthers. That's a deal if you make if you're the New York Rangers, where you're if you're giving up future assets, it's because you're getting a more useful future asset back in return that can fill a need for you for the next couple of years. And we haven't we have Jeff Gordon hasn't really been in a situation to make that deal just yet. He was at, in that situation this past deadline. And he didn't do it. Of course, you need to get Dale Talon to say yes to your deal. But I, it, it, it's a little frustrating when you realize that the Rangers were ready to move on from Brady Shea. And they wanted to do so in a way where they either got a max value asset for them, which they did in the form of a first round pick. Or you were trading Brady Shea to help fill a need currently on your NHL roster. So it's, it's a bummer that he didn't do it. It's going to annoy me. Same thing goes for the Zucker trade with Minnesota. Like those type of deals annoy me because if a GM is willing willing to do something stupid, I would hope the New York Rangers are now in a position where they can take advantage of stupid GMs. Uh, We're hopefully going to see it soon, but we haven't seen it yet. And that's like of all the criticisms I could have in this world about Jeff Gorton, that being the one means he's done a pretty fucking good job. I give
0: Gordon a solid B plus to A
2: minus for everything he's done. I'm uh, I've been incredibly
0: impressed, and I, I I do wonder how this off season if we are in an off season. And again, we have so little to go off of right now. But I do think it'll be a couple of months. What what's your prediction when we see the next hockey? Uh,
2: we're not going to see anything before April first. I think that's a guarantee. Um, the date. Baseball has been using from what I've seen from Ken Rosenthal and Jeff Passon is like the April 9th range. I think even that is a best case scenario. Uh, There were some reports today for the, for baseball that may is probably now the earliest. I I think the most, that's the most optimistic. Look, I think if basically think of when the Kentucky Derby usually is. And I think that's Mm -hmm. your, like the second weekend of May. I think that's your realistic target or not even realistic. I think that's the most optimistic target every league can have. I look, it's very possible. We don't see shit until June because you just have to think of the league. Isn't just going to say we're back and schedule games the next day. You have to give teams, I would think 10 days, at least two weeks at minimum to get ready for when games will actually happen. So I don't think like, tax day is going to roll around and we're still going to be shut down. I, I think I do think oh, that, Kentucky sure. Derby, that Kentucky Derby weekend is the most optimistic look you could have at when things might get ramping up again. I, I really, be. and by the there. way, it's, that's still with empty fans. Like there's no, there's going to be no fans of those games. Yeah. I'd, I'd have a hard time believing.
1: Yeah. It'll be, it it it'll
2: be empty. It sucks. As, as a Met fan, this has been the this was already the world's strangest offseason if you're a fan of the New York Mets. So for the league to not start on its scheduled start date kind of just goes in hand with how fucking weird of an offseason this has been. It's just been so it, strange at every aspect. I I don't know how to wrap my mind around it. It it's just all of it is weird and there are like just Mac, like micro questions that need answered too, right? When, if someone placed a bet on the Rangers over of points this year, say it was 86 and a half. Does that bet get honored now that the league for some reason, like, is it covered when you make a bet that if the league for some reason doesn't play 82 games, it's just, well, however many points they had when we decided to stop playing is how many they're going to have. Not every team has played as many games. As every team, like there are teams outside the playoffs that have games in hand right now. doesn't fucking matter if nobody wants to play games anymore. You just got fucked by the schedule. Like all of it is, it's just, it's weird. Like it's really hard to go into a playoffs and say, all right, we're starting the playoffs today. And you have one team who played 64 games. That's one point out against the team that played 67 games ahead of them. Like, is it fair to the team that didn't play 64, didn't play the 67 games? So in those three games, could they have gotten two points? I don't know. Probably, maybe, possibly. Probably. Like, like it's all – Yeah, like, probably. This is – it's the weirdest time. It's the weirdest fucking time. And all I, all we know is it's just going to stay weird for at least a month, I would say. I think you're I think
0: you're looking at two months. I, I, I want to make sure – you know, I, I'm not a doctor. I don't know shit. But I think we're in for the long haul on this one. And uh, it's going to be a strange couple months for us. And as anybody who cares about sports knows, you're in for some, something special. So we're uh, we're going to do our best to provide you with some interesting things, maybe some watch-alongs, maybe some reviews. Gregory, I did watch the first two episodes of that show you were talking about.
2: Uh, what love was is, it? Love is uh, is the greatest, greatest television show in history. All I watched real. the
0: first two episodes, and I had to be like, this is one of the craziest concepts I've ever seen in my life. It was just it's, unbelievable. It,
2: the last three episodes of that show – are just back to back to back. What the fuck is happening? It's unbelievable. It's I'm going to keep going because
0: I got nothing else to do. I'm going to be social distancing the shit out of myself.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, uh, let's see. What have I cranked out already? Uh, I finished the most recent season of Archer before the new season starts uh, Archer 1999. That, I highly recommend that one. Uh, obviously, Arch Love Radio. is Blind. Um, Love to Love is Blind. Uh,. Frozen 2 got released to Disney Plus today. I'm going to watch uh, early, that. Early on Disney Plus. Thank yeah, God. I'm going to watch that <laughs> as soon as we're done here. Yeah, there, there is. Look, remember remember those times you've said to yourself, oh, there are so many shows out there that I want to watch, but there are just too many shows. Congratulations. We now live in a world where there aren't enough shows. So watch everything at least once. That's, that's, like, I'm, Gregory, I'm probably am I have to go on. I'm, I'm probably gonna do a big rewatch of Curb, like from start to finish.
0: Why not?
1: Why not? It's I got too so much
0: time. Yeah, well, you, if you ever want to, like, ah, I never got to catch up on that. You can't leave your house. Don't leave your house. It's irresponsible. Get your food. Stay home, and let's let's battle through this thing. That's all we could do. Wash your hands, and and buckle up for some serious time inside
2: your place, because that's how we gotta help. You gotta do your part. That's all we Dude, can do. The washing. Um, hands I did buy. Thing. The washing, Just Was that? a quick point on washing your hands. I don't know if you have been getting the same thing. My hands have become so dry because of how many times yes. I end up washing my hands. You, lotion is one of the – well, I don't want to say one of the worst things uh, you can put on your oof. hands right now because, again, we're not doctors. But, like, lotion does trap bacteria when you put it on your hand. So, like, it defeats the purpose to wash your hands and then immediately put lotion on said hands. Um so my hands are just, like, I'm just, I'm just cracking everywhere, man. Like, it's I'm not messed, great. Too. I'm a mess. I I ha- We've had a guide weekend this weekend. So it was, like, eight of us in, like, an Airbnb,
0: social distancing at, at its max. Um, This will be the last time I, I get to hang out with people for a long time. So we're just banging it out now. And uh, I've done a disservice to my body. It is not ready for any
2: sort of uh, disease or virus. So I need to rehabilitate very quickly. Yeah, um, at you- this point, Greg, I, I – oh, go on. Well, no. I was just going to say, neither one of us really practiced social distancing to a T this weekend because you are on a guys' trip weekend. I literally spent twelve hours in airports on Friday, which hard to think right. of a worse place to be. Only only place I can think of worse than an airport or a crowded bar would be a casino, and I've run out of places I can go now. That's
0: it. That's it. So uh, I'm uh, I'm out of here tomorrow, and then we'll get back to. Being alone. I, hey, uh, for BSBOT this week, I'm sure we'll record it earlier in the week. I don't know if what, what the idea is, but we're gonna have something fun for you, or on Wednesday or Thursday, and uh, and stay tuned. Greg, anything else you want to cover today before we get out of here?
2: Um, let's see. What else is there? What else is there? <laughs> what all, else is there? Look all at the, these sports. Oh, I brought, I can say. I purchased hey, a capture card for us, guys. I don't know why we're not getting in on horse. We got well, horse racing is probably gonna get shut down in the next week. Like we're running. Like yeah, that's why. It's gonna it's gonna happen. But the last two days. Everyone complaining about, oh, I don't know what to bet on. So people like created that app where you can bet on the weather. Um, like there was horse racing. That's we fucking awesome. I, <laughs> I know meteorologists. I got an inside track. I should just be hitting up my friend who does the news for me and just be like, buddy, what do you want me to put on? I'll put, I'll split profits with you. 60, 40. You just tell me what to risk. Let's run it. But yeah, I just, horse racing is great. Uh, Look, I don't want PETA people coming after me telling me it's inhumane to the animals. Give me one thing, guys. We're all going to die anyway. At least let me have horse racing this week. Uh, um, yeah, I purchased I a capture say... card so I could record NHL 20, and uh, oh, I'm going to watch
0: the rest of the games. And if you want to get in on that a little bit, we can figure it out. Um, uh, I'm going to stream a little bit, like 15-minute games. We can finish out the Ranger season, and, you know, we can bet on the games too. I'm just saying. Just
2: computers. Uh, my, uh, my out-of-the-park baseball franchise oh, is going to see a lot of time. Going to see a lot of time. That's- that's
0: the 2036 is
2: going to be a doozy, buddy. Well, I'm already, the thing is like I, I I started it at the beginning of last baseball season, so I'm already in twenty twenty three. But now I'm just zooming yeah. through twenty twenty three. Noah Syndergaard is uh, asking for contract extensions. Um, oh, Christian Yelich by for the Greg way is a New York Met, and he's making forty million dollars a year because he's the best. Wow, the, the, m- more than more than what he's making in real life. Interesting, yeah, yeah. Ryan. Ryan, the Wilpons sold the Mets which you would think is great, but they sold it to <laughs> someone cheaper who immediately demanded me to cut salaries. So it's like the world's biggest catch 22 I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I'm doing this again on a fucking computer simulation video game about baseball. Um but for if you're going to stream if you're going to stream the the Rangers games for the rest of the season, I think the only way to do this is you play and I get a broadcast. And I'll just do no, play by No, I think what play. we're going to so do
0: is I, I want to just watch the games. I suck. I feel like it's unfair if I play because
2: like, we're going to uh, lose.
0: I want to just put the computers on hard, and we can just commentate together. We'll figure it out.
2: Oh, I like that. That's even better.
0: Yeah. All right. So I'll, let's figure out how to run that, and then we'll go from there. Um, if, Thanks for listening to us this week. We'll be back every other Tuesday. Surprise. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Orion Mead, and you can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. Greg, we'll talk to you uh, later this week.
2: Yeah, uh, I I a little bit behind the curtain, just so you know. I mean, if, look, if you're working from home. Uh, I am. Week, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I, I don't have to be to work until 3 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you wanted to record mm-hmm. in the afternoon, I'm down to do that. Otherwise, we're probably waiting until Thursday to record again.
0: We will figure it out, but I believe we'll be doing a morning recording. All right, guys, so we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.